Hey guys, it's Brad. Benny's in the studio. I'm in LA. And so we are invoking the summer vacation clause of our contract with you. Look it up. It's in the fine print. Anyway, we don't have a new episode this week. So I'm going to throw you back to this delightful episode with Frank Turner, where Benny was first starting to get his hosting chops going. And we had the always delightful guest host, Vanessa Bear. Enjoy. It's going on yeah, so here we are. We're here with Frank Turner. Hello. Hi, Frank. Um, guest host, Vanessa Bear. Hey. And Benny Horowitz. Hi. Hello. I'm Jonah. Okay. Hi, Jonah. Thanks, guys. We're so excited about today, and I did, really don't want to make it about me, but we're in a, well, We're in a dark room, and you're yeah. wearing sunglasses, which usually... Yes. Is, Means you're cool. No, it's a gigantic fashion. Yeah. Faux pas. Faux pas. And like I said, guys, the peyote will kick in <laughs> in about twenty minutes. So, um, I, but it, I was saying that you yeah. should tell everyone that you got beaten up by a street gang. Well, a I gang almost, of toughs. I got bitten up by a gang of mosquitoes. Is the truth? <laughs> oh. But were they wearing like kind of red leather karate outfits and bandanas and stuff like an eighties movie about the future? <laughs> in my dreams, yes. Okay. So, um. There was I, the reason I think of this. I did an install. I'm not going to say where because I don't want to embarrass the guy. But I did an install the other day, and the guy, the sort of local guy running the PA, yeah. looked like a baddie from like Police Academy Four or Ooh. like Mad Max or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like he was just wow. kind of he had bits of cloth sort of hanging off him. He looked like kind of like Steve Tyler for being homeless for like 20 years. Lots like, of scarves. <laughs> yeah, just kind of and like leather jackets with holes in and stuff. And uh, yeah, it made me nostalgic think for baddies that. in 80s movies. Well, I look like Matthew. Matthew Broderick in election uh, when he gets stung by a bunch of bees. Oh, yeah. Oh, great movie. <laughs> so that made me kind of nostalgic for that. <laughs> but the woman who's they're trying to sell my apartment, and the woman was, I guess, over yesterday showing it to someone, and she left the window open. And a mosquito, like, I didn't know it. I came home and I went to bed after seeing Frank's show, which was great. <laughs> Thank you. That's a slow clap for Mr. Horowitz. <laughs> And um, I woke up at like three in the morning and my face hurt really badly and I'm really allergic to mosquito bites like they just turn huge on me. And I like went downstairs and like my face, I just had all these mosquito bites and my eye, this eye was swollen shut. Swollen shut. Swollen shut. This has happened to Vanessa her entire life. But only my eye got swollen shut twice when I was once when I was like four. I remember both times. And once when I was like six. This, could, you, this yeah. is the most elaborate excuse for domestic violence I've ever had I, in my you, life. I have, I, Do you want to talk to someone? <laughs> no. I have pictures of it. Show me this giant mosquito. I have pictures of it clothes. like from earlier today. And it Steve. looks like someone beat me up. And I keep, like, I'm like, it's not, I feel like I could make, like, I could tweet about it. But, like, the any joke I make would probably be sort of offensive. And also, yeah. I don't know that I want my face out there like that. But I can yeah. show you guys. At some point. And if you tweet about it, I assume the mosquitoes will get wind of it. Yeah. They'll organize. Yeah. Well, yeah, he'll they'll just come back. Come back yeah. Again. yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want to. You don't want to. Your whole line is like, you know, he's just tired after a long day at work. And you yeah. just keep on. He can be really sweet. I mean, imagine this, Vanessa. Imagine. <laughs> this is too close to the line. Imagine. <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> imagine Actually. you're a mosquito <laughs> and you actually have to wake up every day. And in order to survive, 
You, you have to find human skin I, to puncture, and you have to suck its blood. We just get to go in. I've been you know? flying around all week. Yeah. Like, how think, annoying and how selfish of you, <laughs> who has so much skin, so much I, blood well, to I, give. apologizing. I think this one mosquito bit me, like, ten times. Like, even, like, on my forehead He's never going to change. I, He's probably a really nice mosquito. It yeah. looks like overnight I got beaten up, and I got, like, adult onset acne. Too. Oh, no. But it's <clears throat> that's adult. nothing against adult onset acne. Everyone has their own skin issues, so I, I like to put that. Uh, <laughs> I have a I, pretty big rash right now, actually. Let's talk about okay. those. Yeah. Are you so glad I, that you were able to book Frank Turner? Yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone who's excited to have Frank in the podcast. <laughs> this is exactly everyone what tuning in here. to yep. listen to Frank Turner <laughs> should Frank's know. Sound, but I hope they're talking yeah. about Vanessa's mosquito bites and Benny's rash. <laughs> Uh, Tell us about your rash, Benny. Specifically, it's uh, atopic dermatitis. Oh, I've gotten that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just a it's sensitive sort of like hot spot. Yeah, the skin, it flares up from time to time, and it's it's pretty flared up right now. It could have been from the heat, change of season, maybe my belt buckle over yeah. the yeah. stomic here. you know what? No. I bet that's yeah. what it is. I have a nipple allergy. Is that where allergy. it is? Around there? Yeah. Yeah, right. happy I, to no, show no, you. No, no, it's not. I have a nipple allergy. A, a ni- nipple allergy. Yeah, and so Goodness. under so, it's a very weird area. Under a nipple or under nickel? nickel. Nickel. <laughs> nipple allergy. If anybody else's nipple touches you, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't even have a joke for that. It's <laughs> <laughs> done me. I've um, got three nipples. But um, uh, better stay away from this guy, am I right? Um, but it's the button on your jeans, like the back of the button on your jeans, can cause that rash. That's what it is. I bet you have a nickel allergy, too. They're very common. I have a bunch of mosquito bites, too, because I was at Chris Fern's wedding on Saturday, and it was outdoors, and they got under my pants. Goodness. Those are aggressive Florida mosquitoes. They're like twice the size. Mosquito bros. I've recently heard that they discovered mosquitoes with like five-inch needles, and they discovered them in the same shit, just like Jurassic Park, where they found a preserved mosquito in wax. Same thing. And Chinese scientists discovered this guy with like a five-inch needle, and they're saying now that the mosquito could have been a big part of the uh, the loss of dinosaurs on the world, huh. and these needles Whoa. were meant to puncture their thick dinosaur skin. They're the they're the worst. They made dinosaurs <laughs> extinct, and now Fucking mosquitoes. They I mean, bit my I mean, brother. <clears throat> they bit me. You know, we probably wouldn't exist if the dinosaurs were still around, though. So we could thank them for that. And we can also thank them for something that I won't bring up, but I bring up almost every time I'm on your podcast, the TV show Dinosaurs. Oh, what a show. Frank, did you get that in the UK? Dinosaurs? It's on Netflix. Did we have dinosaurs or the TV show Dinosaurs? (laughs) Either, I guess. (laughs) They use dinosaurs to move the Stonehenge rocks. Don't you know that? Uh, I did, yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, ridden by Jesus. Um, We we have the Natural History Museum. It's got dinosaur bones in. But I you didn't have the show, probably. With the, uh, probably, with I don't. The I don't really watch puppets. TV. It was on in the mm. early nineties. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> we have <laughs> one dinosaur. It was an original part of the TGIF lineup. Yeah, thank goodness it's Friday, and <laughs> it was yeah, it was adult puppets. Anyway, you can. It's on Netflix, I think. Okay, should I invest time in? Yeah, this? I'll send you a link. Okay. <laughs> so, Frank, what's going on with you? <laughs> Well, I'm about to write a concept album about dinosaurs. <laughs> um, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah, we're in New York City. New it's York. very nice. Yes. Um, three nights in a row. At three nights at, at Irving Plaza, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, it's a legendary venue. Yes. Uh, and we played last night, and it, I thought it was good, though it's not ready for me to say. It was, it was actually, good. Jonah was and I were there, we were there, and we thought it was great, and there were 
there were legitimately people near us that were like flipping out. And I think one of them, like something was like going on with her a little bit, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it was so, it was such a great show. Thank you. I would say you're one of the best people I've ever seen perform live. That's very kind of you to say. That's beautiful. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah, And me and Vanessa don't have a lot of musical overlap. I feel like maybe we have some. We don't have a lot. I, yeah, I, Dan, as you told me that you said, I can't believe Vanessa's into Frank Turner because she doesn't like any cool music. <laughs> <laughs> From Dan and Ozzy. I, and wow. I was like, and I was like, Jonah said that. Okay. I mean, that may have not, not been a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I didn't want to be like, well, we like a few That's of the right, same you. thing. But growing up, Vanessa was really into like female singer songwriters. And yeah, like, my first CD Jewel was Tori and Amos. And Tori Amos. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm the biggest Tori Amos fan ever. And my so. older sister got me into Tori Amos. And I can't believe I'm about to say this podcast. I lost my virginity after a Tori Amos concert. Whoa! Tell me. I took my, I took my first man. girlfriend to see Tori Amos. It was a, it was a pro move, I think <laughs> is what you call that. Take can, a you, can, you out, Amos. can you lay out the what evening for me? What was it too? Oh, this would have been um, Girls from Quago. Uh, songs from Quago. Some of the hits were like was Spark that? was the main was the big single. Yeah, that okay, okay. That I think Boys of Pele is still one of my like top ten records of all time. My first CD was Under the Pink. I didn't really know what it was about. Mostly it's, date rape. Yeah, it's yeah, mostly it's about really, date rape. Really, and I was no, like, but it's a really intense record. Yeah, but I I that was my first CD ever. I got a mom yeah, and dad bought That's me. an intense <laughs> record to get for your first CD. Mom and dad it's still me. hard to listen to in places today though, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I think I think she's kind of a songwriting genius. I'm, yeah, I'm a huge I love fan. her. Also, Jonah, when you were working, you got me like that Tales of a Librarian from a Librarian, which is like a best of, okay. and it's really good. And she's it has a, some amazing. new songs yeah. on it. Yeah, Cornflake Girl was like that was the only song I really Cornflake Girl's so good. You know other ones? I do. Okay. Yeah. Caught, the whole of Boys Play, Caught those... Light, Sneeze, Marianne. Yeah, um, yeah. Way down. Yeah. Hey Jupiter, all that stuff. Um, when, when I was a kid, my older sister gave me three things musically that I value and she was into some really fucking crap music which we'll get to but um <laughs> she she gave me Cat and Crows I got into I guess I, and I everything was, after yeah I was into Pantera and I had a guitar and I couldn't really play Pantera because they're too hard but it's really easy to play Cat and Crows songs so I learned <laughs> I learned how to play Cat and Crows instead and that's, that's kind great. of how I learned how to write songs <laughs> um and then uh Tori Amos and then The Levers as well do you guys know The Levers? A British folk punk band from the late eighties, early nineties. I don't know if I've ever listened to it. They were they were huge in the in the UK in the kind of early to mid nineties. They're still going now. Um, they sort of got a kind of pogsy kind of vibe to them, but they're they're incredible, amazing band. But um, so I got those three off my sister. But then she was also this is I. I, could, I don't, don't know what, what it is about this arrangement of people that's making me spill my guts oh, and please. my dark secrets. I know, I'm having a blast. Yeah, we, no but, secrets are dark. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm about to say. Um, kind of, so the deal was, we had, a, we had like a sort of family acoustic guitar, and I was sort of playing Maiden riffs and Pantera and Juice Priest riffs and stuff on it, or practicing them. But then when my sister and her friends and some of my friends were all around, you know, we want to play songs that we could all sing together. So my sister kind of made me learn songs that we could sing collectively, and I learned every song of August and Everything After. I learned quite a lot of Soul Asylum, um, like Runaway oh, Train. That yeah, great Have you seen, great <clears throat> let's not get into that video because I'll lose my mind. Have you ever <laughs> seen that video? Uh, not since I was about 12. Oh. Runaway Train Run? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's such a bummer. Come on, I like the milk thing ever worked. We've 
It, we've, we've talked about we've this talked on the podcast. This. Yeah, like that video came out and all these kids got found and got returned back to like really bad family situations. And they're <laughs> oh, like, right, yeah, they're like I ran away. Oh, oh, the guards and Solo saw them going, no, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah, no, no. They no, gave no. an interview where they were like, we feel really bad because like guys like mom was be- dad was beating her and she like <clears> laughed oh and then she was in the video uh, and got returned back. Oh. Wow, that sucks. Anyways, Frank, go ahead. But yeah, so, so. Wow, that's really sad. I know. Yeah. Really sad. And then if you Google the things that are depicted in the video, like that are like acted out, they're like based on real things that are like so horrible. Okay, yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> Soul Asylum cuts deep. Yeah. Uh, so but yeah, so we learned Soul Asylum, and then like you know, just kind of like um, yeah, Cat Crows, Levelers, that, that that kind of territory. I sort of learned songs like you know Green Day, Basket Case, that kind of stuff. We're all singing together, but the one thing that she made me learn that I can still sing most of if I get drunk enough. Um, is all of Jagged Little Pill. Oh, wow. great. You know what? You may not even remember this. I know what you're going to say. And you oh, do no. it. Oh. I have oh, seen God. you walking around with oh, an acoustic guitar, God. taking Where requests, was that? Where was and that? pulling out Jagged Little Pill. Where was that? You were quite proud of the fact that you knew was all I, of I must have been hammered. Yeah, I don't think you knew where you were. I actually, considering the event, don't remember where we were. Which tour was this? Oh my was God, this I in Europe see. or in the USA? <laughs> Europe, definitely. You know things get a little wackier in Europe. I remember having our night together in Munich. We had a beautiful night. We had a wonderful night. You had a wonderful night, my friend. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sometimes the things go you. like that. What I would like to backtrack to. Wait, and I've got to backtrack too. Tori Amos. <laughs> then the I'm... first night when you lost it, right? Right. Was <laughs> now, prior to going into the night, are you like... All right, this is a good setup. I'm going yeah, to the Tori yeah, totally. Amos show. Oh man, and then was... I'll go to this spot after, and maybe nah, it'll nah, happen. I, or was I, it? I, sort of, I feel ungentlemanly discussing the details of this. But, Fair enough. And so I, I will say this and only this. But basically, my parents were away, and my older sister drove me, because she was obviously in Strangeville. She drove me and and go in question to uh, Southampton Guildhall, and we saw Tori Amos play. Okay, um, and then went back to my parents' house, who were away. Did she play Pretty Good Year? <laughs> Uh, I'd imagine she did. I did. I covered that song when I was in a hardcore band. Oh, damn. I gotta hear that. So this is so weird, because I felt like I was really into, like, No Effects and, like, The Misfits and Dead Kennedys in high school, and Vanessa was into this stuff, and I was like, that music is the opposite of what I like. Like, I was just into this one thing. So it's interesting to me that you were yeah. kind of involved. I sort of, I sort of had a foot in that camp, thanks to my sister. Because, I, I mean, my main obsession was, yeah, like, No Effects, but right. like, Dead Kennedy stuff. You took me to Lilith Fair, though, for the first time. You took her to Lilith Fair. Hold on, let's not use the words <laughs> Lilith Fair and Tori Amos in the same sentence like there's any causal link between the two. <laughs> no, I think she played. I want tickets off the radio. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wait, I you, think she, you won tickets they to Lilith Fair. They were giving away tickets to Lilith Fair, and I called, wow. and I won. And you took were you like me. the third caller? Yeah, I'm ever? pretty exactly. sure she played at it, though. I think she did play. And did they I'm go, so oh, hello, was... caller, shocked that you're a male. <laughs> okay, that makes me... Okay, I'm a really big Annie DeFranco fan as well, although yeah. that's linked to an ex-girlfriend of mine, so I f- there, there are some songs that are hard to listen to. Um, but she's a great yeah. songwriter, but um, I remember going to see Annie DeFranco in London a few years ago, and what was great about it is the audience was 95% 
female, and of the guys that were there, there were three types of guys who were at the Nanny DeFranco yes. show in London. Yeah. Type number one was the boyfriend standing behind girlfriend, arms around her neck, looking kind of bored. Type number two was the kind of, the, there was a quite a strong gay contingent there. And then sure. type number three, of which there was only about five of us, was stood by Sanders going, no, we like her for, because we just do, <laughs> and fuck off, actually, and we've got, like, holistic taste in music. Um, and we were definitely a minority. <laughs> <laughs> That's I like, great. I feel like that is a, an empowering thing. Yeah, I like, felt I was, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not joking. I mean, I think she's an incredible songwriter. Marrow is one of the greatest songs I know. What do you think about like older? I mean, um, fumbling towards ecstasy, Sarah McLachlan. I don't what ecstasy. Sarah McLachlan. Do you I know? I don't know who Sarah. McLachlan okay, is. so Sarah McLachlan put together Lilith Fair. <laughs> So that's a good fact to know. From Spare Part. Really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin. That's her thing. That's her thing. Really? You don't know. You don't know. I bet you know some Sarah McLaughlin songs. Maybe you don't. Sure. But sh- you do. I, well, yeah, there yeah. were some hits. Yeah, some there were some hits. hits. Sing the me big one, one There was a big one called <laughs> Possession that was based no. on a letter that her stalker wrote her. And then she wrote a song with the le- like the lyrics from the letter. Ugh. And then later on, he like sued her for like copyright. That, that, that's like action. Yeah, <laughs> and then later on, he killed himself. Is that yeah, where yeah, Eminem yeah. got Stan from? It sounds like it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. somewhere. That seems like it. Yeah. And I've always did... wondered about that connection. Eminem, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> You, Here it is. Sarah McLaughlin is Eminem. I don't know that you'd be into Sarah McLaughlin right. now. I feel bad burning Sarah McLaughlin on this podcast at all. She's, gonna listen. she's, she's a little gonna different now than she used to be. Still good. She does those dog commercials now. <laughs> she does a lot of dog commercials for Wait. like saving dogs. Oh, not like Yukonuba ads or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not those Buy commercials where it's like that dog's nose and he's like, I want snacks. snacks. <laughs> and then it's Sarah McLaughlin. I hate those commercials bits. so. Yes, the bacon bits commercials. <laughs> Bacon, bacon. I hate those so much. <laughs> so I, they're so annoying. I, there's a few commercials I hate right now. Sorry, Go on. sorry, Frank. I know this is your time. I can't stand that Restasis lady. She really freaks me out. Says the girl with the fucked up eye. And then it's for eye drops. And then um, I also go. I do stand up about the Zales chocolate diamond ones because like chocolate diamonds. Yeah, they're brown diamonds. So I have a whole stand-up set, but I won't do it right now. But maybe I will. Um, (laughs) And then um, the um, Sensodyne toothpaste commercials, because they're so boring. Because this girl will be like, I didn't know that (laughs) the acid in my food could affect my teeth. And then it puts in quotes on the screen. I didn't know the acid in my food could affect my teeth. And you're like... That's so boring. Why did you put that in quotes? It's the most... They're such boring commercials. And it's just a woman being like, now I know about acid. And it, like, goes on forever. And you're like, go... F- like, I don't care. I also use that toothpaste, and it's made me want to stop using it. Um, um, and there's a couple others. But anyway... Oh, here's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Can I just briefly interject? Please. In America, you guys have that thing with the really long adverts, like the 10-minute infomercial thing. Yeah. We don't have that in England, like, at all. And the very first time I saw one, I honestly thought I was having some kind of, like, acid flashback because the TV commercial started and never stopped. <laughs> and it just kept going on. And, and it was about, like, a sort of 10-CD John Denver box set or something. Oh, yeah. But it just kept going on. And it's cut like a TV commercial uh, that never ends. And I was just I, sitting there kind of going, I've become trapped in a time warp. And, like, I, help me. <laughs> like, you know, I need to drink some orange juice to snap out of this. This is awful. Oh, my God. And they're on so late at night. I bet you see them yeah. so much when you're touring and stuff because that's when you turn yeah, on the TV. Yeah, and it was just like, I didn't, oh, I didn't really so needed help at that moment in my life. Anyway, you were saying. Oh, oh, go ahead. 
Do you have less channels in the UK? Yes. That's we well no hold on. <laughs> okay. we I noticed to. that from my one week in London. We I was used like, to. Oh. We've now kind of blossomed into full American TV. Them. Okay, that was actually well, a question for Frank. <laughs> <laughs> there's, okay, there's a story. That, so so okay, I have a flat in London, right? Um, which I invited you to, and you didn't come. To. I know. I'm sorry. I went to. Uh, um, you know what? It's probably a good thing because it was it was after the, the Vanessa came to show mine in London, and I was which was in- also so great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I live right up the road from there, and we were going to go. I was having a bit of a back to mine thing, and then in the kind of cab from the venue back to mine, it thinned down to kind of just me and my brother in law, and then we ended up having this really really heavy heart to heart about family stuff over a bottle of whiskey. And uh, well, I get. I bet <clears> I could have. <throat> added something <laughs> true although it was about one particular family I, okay right well <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had some friends that were having a it was like the only night mm. i did like i just basically hung out and walked around the whole week and i went to a party but i thought maybe i would catch you after but i think well, you guys had a meaningful night okay you should call me next time yeah i will and we'll hang yeah okay but in uh, the flat in the flat, yeah, right. Okay, so I live, I live, I live with my best friend who's called Dave Danger, and um, also it, British people say who's called. Yeah, which is right. <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> so Dave, Dave, the deal I have with Dave is that Dave, Dave, kind of like looks after the house. He pays all the bills, and it's and it's my flat, and we have a deal. He's like my best mate. So one of the deals I gave him is is like um, when we first moved in, I was like, right, can you sort out like a TV and internet package for us while I'm away on tour. And Dave runs a bar in Camden called The Monarch, and he decided to sort this out one night after closing out when he was a bit pissed. And he went online, and the bar wife was like, all right, I need a fucking TV and internet package, a bit hammered, and he went on the Virgin Media thing. And he ended up getting the VIP package, because on the basis that me and him are both very important people. <laughs> and we've, we've got about 900,000 TV channels, and the fastest internet in the entire world. <laughs> I have no idea how much he's paying a month for it. Probably something disgusting. But like, I, when I came home, he was like, I need to warn you about this. And the thing is, neither of us, because we've both been living in kind of bars or on tour for years, neither of us had had a TV for years. So on the, I got back and we had a sort of boys' night in the flat and we sat down to watch some TV. And holy fuck me, TV's got weird in the time since yeah. I last You're had You're like one. someone who went into a coma <laughs> in like the 30s we turned and woke it on. up at the World's yeah, Fair. Pretty much. <laughs> like right, the very first night, the very first night that me and Dave were watching TV. TV. You know they have the marathons of reality TV shows? Yeah. I know about this now. Yeah. They had a marathon of this TV show called Lady Boys of Thailand. Tell right? me. And it was like, it was about six hours of this documentary. And it was, you know, it was very interesting about the kind of social uh, reasons behind it and the sort of, you know, surgery, not surgery, sort of exploitation or not exploitation, all this kind of thing. And it was very intriguing. But what was so mad about it was it was about these English guys who sort of go out and, and marry Thai ladyboys or, or have relationships with them and quite a few of them were these really sort of homophobic laddish dudes and like mm. there was this one who was like yeah I'm not a faggot and it was like but you're, you're married to a pre-op transsexual like <laughs> what the fuck is going on in your mind like and, and it was just, and then it was so sad because he had a son who was being so cool and so accepting of his dad and he was like you know whatever my dad wants to do is cool with me because I accept him as a human and, and Pops was like, just being a yeah, and his, his dad just didn't give a fuck about the guy at all and he'd flown out of Thailand to be with his dad and his dad didn't spend any time with him and me and Dave whilst all of this shit's going on we're just sat on the sofa with our jaws in our laps going oh my god the world has gone completely insane see Frank you might have the same rate let me ask you like I I can't watch a lot of reality TV because the things <clears throat> that apparently entertain popular culture depress the fuck oh out my of God, me. Dude. I don't like knowing these things exist. Yeah, yeah. And when I, I see people in a bad spot or something like this, I don't take any joy 
in their troubles, I wish they didn't have them, and yeah. I don't want to watch them and pretend to enjoy it. But Do I you d- have the same problem with yeah, that absolutely. stuff? Okay, so the other day, just before leaving for the store, actually, I saw an episode of the Kardashians for the first time. <laughs> I, I had no idea who they were, other than people who can't fucking spell their first names properly. First names properly. Chloe is spelled C-H-L-O-E. That's how you spell Chloe. That's, <laughs> That's the end of that discussion. About. That's one of the many things that I'm mad about. But what, 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 what annoyed me about it was the... Was the um, the sort of the exaltation of stupidity. Yeah. Because on, on it, they had this like hour long argument about UFOs, which was completely and utterly devoid of fact or information <laughs> or any glimmer of intelligence at any point. And it was just kind of like, okay, fine, you know, some, some people are intellectual, some people aren't, everyone has their own skills or whatever, but it's like, why are we broadcasting this fucking conversation? None yeah. of them have anything of any interest to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and it was like, it went on for like an hour. And and they were just kind of like talking across each other and not even listening to each other and, and it was just like this is the f- oh my god it made me really angry. Do you, you know, think? Oh, oh god. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say you know what you should watch while you're here because I don't know if you can watch it at home. A little show called Ladies of London where <laughs> it's on Bravo and it's all these it's half <laughs> women that are British and half women that are American but right. they like are married to either British guys or they just like live there and they're it's all like these women being like. Like, these British women being like, you can't... Okay, I'll do it in the accent. You can't just, like... Uh, you can't just, like, move here and become one of us. Like, you're either British or you're not. And the other ones are like, I'm trying my best to, like, fit in in the society. And, like, the British women are so mean to me. And it's so... It's so funny. It's it really I mean, great. One, you, you think to yourself, like, maybe make friends with people who aren't on reality TV shows. Yeah. So that's, like, start there. And move forward. Um, but one of the women does have like um, a business where she finds expensive gifts for rich people, and I get why people would want to be friends. Wait, with her. So you know what? <laughs> rich I have people friend... don't even find their own expensive. No. Gifts. no, no, I have a friend who does this. Actually, she works for a company. Well, it's not I necess- wonder if it's this woman's company. It's, 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 she works for a company, and their jo- it's not necessarily gifts. Their job is basically they're an agency who like people with insanely too much money to spend who want insane shit call them and her job is to find you know like a camel covered in diamonds on a helicopter right wow. and, and, like and that. that's her job and 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 it's just like what the fuck and yeah. she's she's and she's like I can't tell you half the shit that is I have to do. Is this how Mike Tyson winds up with like a Bengal tiger? Is like yeah, thing, right. Like services yeah. Like and, and you know, she's got confidentiality agreements and all this kind of thing. So she's like, there's most of the shit I do I can't tell you about. All right. Say you got $10 million. Just randomly. <laughs> randomly. And you had someone as like some new hotshot manager you got is like, listen, I'm giving you a one-time pass to the anything you want guy. Like what's like the one random thing? Like an igloo in your house anti-gravity room <laughs> you've thought about exotic animals like what would you go i've thought about this a lot yeah yeah clearly um i don't know I don't really an anti-gravity room would be pretty that's fucking what I think cool. that would be yours i would get a float around your own isolation house? tanks have you seen those oh yeah yes but Wait. i don't think you need 10 million dollars to do that i think you could probably do no. that for you about can do it on, I was vi- shoot higher jonah i think i was okay. visiting I, and, somewhere and you could go do it you can do it here there's a couple you could yeah. buy an isolation tank just working hard for like a month i'm talking about like <laughs> yeah, i think they're like 10 an isolation tank full of like 100 year old champagne yeah much more expensive yeah, yeah. <laughs> with with a, with a with a froth of caviar on top that you could swim like a like a like a dolphin and go Oh, yep. <laughs> some caviar. See that I've thought I've thought about filling like maybe a pool <laughs> right. with like really delicious like mac and cheese. 
I just w- for the shits. Yeah. Not, yeah. not for shitting. That, you would, would, that, shit would, get, that would get pretty gross pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, Like after true. about 20 minutes, that would be Can't gross. Can't invite your friends. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that is oh, nasty. Oh, in the pool. You know, I've never thought of the hygienic <laughs> aspect of my mac and cheese fantasy. I'm sorry, I've ruined yeah, it for you now. Yeah, it doesn't work. I don't think the problem is, I don't really think about stuff. Like I do have a thing, um, which I, I'm not entirely sure whether, whether I should talk about this on a podcast. No, but yes, hey, fuck it, should. we've started. This isn't a podcast, <clears> Frank. <throat> Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I have a running joke with my manager, Charlie, who runs XMR Recordings, about um, how every time we kind of, you know, we have a good year or a good sort of payday or whatever, yeah. the, the money's going towards the fund, right? And the fund is for my, I'm going to go for the world's greatest rock and roll death. Ooh. And the world's greatest <laughs> rock and roll death is this. I'm going to be in a Learjet made out of an, entirely out of compressed cocaine, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm going to be flying it. And it's going to be, it's going to be full of like the, the full January to December of like calendar Playboy girls, uh-huh. bunnies in the back. And I'm going to be wearing a diamond studded eye patch, which I flipped open so I can stare death in the face with both <laughs> eyes. And, and like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and I'm going to be flying into the center of an active volcano. Yes. It's just funny because oh. when he was like, what would your like idea of this be like? You were like, I don't really have one. <laughs> <laughs> Never really thought about it. But. No, but this is, that's, this I mean, is this, is a, this is a death. This is how thing. I'm going to go. I'm like licking the steering wheel. Like, ah, come on, death. And it's going to be fucking I amazing. I imagine this fantasy and... With the exception, <laughs> with the exception of the plane made out of impacted cocaine, which I don't think has been invented yet. <laughs> if it has, well, it may maybe I got a bit with so the fun is for R and D. So do the ladies well. in the back kind of like chisel off like a back piece of the plane to party, or do you have separate cocaine that's uh, not? They, the they're body? just kind of licking the seats. <laughs> Couldn't like... you just have a safe landing though, and just be like, "That was fun." <laughs> no, no, no! This is a one. This is a one-way ticket. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know enough about cocaine. Wait, planes. are you now? Tell me about. Tell me about your demeanor as you go into the volcano. Are you like chill and pimp? Because you're about to no, kill. No, 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 you're no, about no, no, to no. murder like no, no. twelve young women. <laughs> so we need to remember. We need to remember this. Yeah, in your I haven't thought of that. We're live broadcasting all through this. You give them parachutes. You give them parachutes, and you make no, sure fuck that no, that comes yeah. down with me. Yeah. <laughs> Then there's Wait. so much thinking that has to go into his thing if you have to, okay, time you know, to get out, lady. Well, also yeah, yeah. you're killing the pilot and the co-pilot. No, I am the pilot. He is the pilot. Oh, you are the pilot. I am the pilot. Okay. I'm well, staring co- death in the face oh, with yeah, both I eyes, remember? you don't need a co-pilot then. Yeah, my eyes are bulging out of my head. I'm screaming along to, like, um, American Girl by Tom Petty or something. Uh, uh, actually, no, we can do, do better. That. We, we can do better, we can than, do that. better like, than that. Ace of Spades. Wildflowers. Yeah. Wildflowers. Maybe some Sarah McLaughlin. Wildflowers. How about It's Good to Be King by Tom Petty? Did you guys get so into that Wildflowers album? I felt like... I was... I used to I feel like every senior quote in our high school is from that album. Everyone's like, time to move on, or time to get going, or yeah. like, it's like... It's a great... Mine was Natalie Merchant, who's probably someone else you guys don't love. But. <laughs> whoa, 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 are you lumping me into this? I was raised oh, yeah, by a woman. Right. I like you're all right. this shit. Do you like um, Natalie Merchant? I don't know. She was from 10,000 Maniacs, and then she went and had a solo career. <laughs> they changed their name to 999,000 Maniacs. <laughs> if they didn't, they missed a trick. <laughs> They're just called One Last Maniac. One last- <laughs> that was the second album. Yeah. Less than 10,000 Maniacs. Sorry, I, did, I didn't mean to lump you in there. <laughs> But yeah, that was a wild I'm curious about your connection between Hot Lava and Tom Petty in your mind. 
That sounds Are you intriguing. looking at me because I can't see yeah. it? I think it's because Frank said American Girl. I did say that. That was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Vanessa decided to pick a really good one. That's quite a good question. Everyone always asks, what's your funeral song? Which I always think is a slightly dreary question. Yeah. So a better question is, what's your flying into the center of an active volcano and a plane made out of cocaine That's more fun. Yeah. Definitely more fun. And it takes a totally different vibe. Yeah, I'll tell you what, mine would be To Hell With Good Intentions by McCluskey. Do you know that song? Do you know McCluskey? Yes. Yeah, my band is better than your band. We take more drugs than touring funk bands. <laughs> Best opening line of a song ever. Um, yeah, I, that would be that would possibly. Be I kind of picture something super like chill and gangster for me. Like I'm not gonna go down screaming. I'm gonna go down with like a thick, gaudy blunt. May, may I be so bold as suggest a song? I would love for a you. suggestion. Yeah, <laughs> Bang Bang by Nancy Sinatra. Ooh. Bang, bang, they shot me down. Like, you know, the sound on the film has gone yeah. off and it's just that. And the, and the footage is <laughs> of people going, ah, and screaming and there's fire. And, I'm visualizing bang, myself bang, about shot me down. 200 pounds heavier than I actually am. Yeah. And sort of like donned in mostly like velvets and silks. With the ladies, some chains, yeah, like and, a lot, like and thick blunts. The ladies like, have been kind of like, sort of like, kind of rubbing your chest and stuff for a while, but when you get into the final descent, you're like, I, yeah. need, to, I need to focus. Yeah, <laughs> 10 seconds for me here, ladies. And by the way, my ladies on board have signed up to die in the volcano, okay? That's how I didn't say mine had <laughs> Well, you didn't specify it. I never something. thought of it before. <laughs> Jonah, what's your song? Uh, I was just. <laughs> I was just thinking about your bat mitzvah party for some reason. Uh, Is this reminding you of it? Is it, it because it was so dope? <laughs> no. Because it was, was a whirly ball party? I was thinking about whirly songs. Ball. And I remember I asked, I think I asked the DJ, I was like, because oh, we all Here's got- why. Do you remember why you were able to ask the DJ to play weird songs? Because the actual DJ's wife had a baby on the day of my party. <laughs> so that his assistant was there and his assistant was like only playing like basically like metal and yeah stuff. so i wanted to what? get int- like our parents like introduced or introduced us or something and i wanted to walk out to the end of metallica's one <laughs> like if i big and this is jonah and i was like 15 and I that's amazing perfect <laughs> <laughs> I everyone would be like this guy is awesome holy shit i think we might <laughs> have jonah just got a new intro that. tape for tonight for the show <laughs> yeah yes. oh my god i didn't know that Jonah. i don't that's think i've ever so maybe funny. vocalized this and or at least in 20 years oh my god that's, that's amazing so yeah funny. it didn't happen but i was like everyone would think i'm so cool if this happened well jonah used to play no effects when he would drive me to school and he would like leave all the windows open and blast it and i always oh, yeah. felt like so cool going even to school late even school. though i was late thanks to jonah <laughs> i totally did that embarrassingly i can admit it now i remember like like when I the first year I was forcing myself to go to community college because I'd assumed I was supposed to go to college and I would pull into the parking lot and I wanted to be different than the college kids so bad I'd be like blasting like 108 in my car I had like one tattoo but I'd make sure my sleeve was like up enough so people could see it because that was before like the Ed Hardy shit that's when you were like making a statement to have a tattoo like like you were going in and I definitely remember, like, overcompensating for something. What yeah. was I overcompensating for, Frank? What do you think? <laughs> <clears throat> um, I, I, I find that. it hard to think, man, because, like, there's, you have nothing to overcompensate for. Oh, sweet friend. Aww, he's, he's, seriously, he's <laughs> too nice to me. Wait, uh, something nice. that I, I want to get to before we forget is, is there a hidden song at the end of Jagged Little Pill? There is there? <laughs> 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 I uh, I don't know. Taylor Hawkins on drums. Is too. there one? 
Is he not? Yeah, Tyler Hawkins. Really? Well, I yeah, never knew yeah, that. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Hawkins. Well, you know, the other thing, there's the reason John Frusciante rejoined the Red Hot Chili Peppers is because of the first track on that record, because it's him playing guitar and Flea playing bass on that Really? Song. And it's the first oh. time they've seen each other in years. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Jagged is a classic. I feel like it's such a classic album now, we can get away with just calling it Jagged. Yeah. Like Jagged. <laughs> it did sell yeah. 33 million copies, so... It's <laughs> quite a few. Yeah, I that's- remember- <laughs> Yeah. That's a number. It's quite a few. Yeah. Mom, when I like went to college or something, mom kept buying me whatever the new, there was like a newer Alanis Morissette CD that mom kept like sending me. Like she kept being like, I know you'll love this. And then I like left it at home and she like sent it to me in college. <laughs> a friend but- of mine, a friend of mine went to see to, uh, Alanis Morissette not so long ago and basically said that her fans are complete dicks because basically she, really? she well, she came on and she's done other stuff since 1994 or whatever it was. Right. And, she came out and she basically had sort of an hour-long set of, like, other stuff, followed by, you know, like, eight songs of Jack Little Pill or whatever. You know, and it's like, it's like I remember going to see Leonard Skinner, and it was a similar deal. It was like, they did a whole bunch of stuff they wanted to do, and then at the end they did the things you want to hear. And it's kind of a good deal with the audience. Everybody gets what they want, and it's all cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently all through Lance her diehard fans were all just going like, shut up, like, play Jack <laughs> oh, Little Pill. God. Through every song from the very beginning. And it made me kind of feel kind of bad for, Tori- yeah. for uh, Lance Morissette. Yeah. You know? Because uh, it must be kind of a bummer. You yeah. know, you spent yeah. how many yeah. years working really hard. And, you know, I mean, I think you and I both can talk from some degree of experience of having kind of records that people are insanely kind of passionate about that aren't your latest one. And and it's cool. It's amazing that anybody likes what you do enough to feel like that about anything that you've done. For and sure. you will get to that fucking song. Just give me a minute. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. just chill. Yes, I'm going to fucking play I Still Believe You, dick. I'm just going to play at the end. Um, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I can always <laughs> emphasize it. It's a weird part about being a musician because I am that kind of music fan. I'm a shitty music fan. Like, I fall in love with a record I love, and I'm not, I'll never scream out to a band like, play this song, asshole. Yeah. I mean, I'll wait patiently, but I am like one mean? of those guys <clears throat> who gets lost in a band's career. Like, I'm not. I'm not good like that. I do. Yeah. I fall in love with the record, and sometimes that record represents a place and time for me, and it becomes like very sentimental, like that. And like a whole yeah. career doesn't as much as like an album. No, I know. I know what you mean. I, well, it's, to me, it depends on bands, but like, and it, I, I went to see the National the other day, and they were great. But they were great when I was seeing the songs off the records that I know, which is not all of them. Right. And the other stuff was good, but it was you know. I mean, obviously, it's more of a kick thing stuff that you have passionate feelings about. Yeah. I have a, an interesting... I have a list, by the way. Whoa. I never do any crap. preparation work, Whoa, and Benny always has all <clears throat> these questions. And one thing... I, I didn't sign off on this, by the way. <laughs> I stumbled upon yesterday that clearly has nothing to do with you, but it's this story that came about the David Cameron unauthorized biography where it came out oh, that yeah. he possibly filleted a dead pig. Oh, no, no, no. The dead oh. pig was supposed to have filleted him. Oh, right. Yeah, thank he you. He put his balls in a dead pig's yeah, mouth he, or something. Right. I, uh, and and here's here's my question. It's not <laughs> not really your thoughts on a penis inside of a dead pig's mouth. That's, or balls. He didn't specify. I like the oh, segue already. Like, like, I feel like, you know, there's there's many feelings that could go into that that we don't even have to address. What I'm wondering is what is that, like, crazy... I have this idea about old school. Which part of you have you put inside a dead no. pig's mouth? No, no, no. And I know you at least know somebody who was part of this. That weird, like underground, elite, fratty 
kind of thing that happens. I know it happens in the states too, but I imagine in England they're in they're much more well dressed and snooty and and kind of evil about it about these like weird culty kind of frats with like an old school like I nothing. You, you, I that's you're asking the wrong person. I'm afraid. I I was <sighs> you know. I went to school with a lot of those kinds of people, but I made a, a gigantic, I made a very sort of adolescent point of fucking hating everybody, and they all hated me too. Actually, it was funny. Funny, I met up with some guys from my uh, from my scholarship class at school because I was a scholarship kid. The Whoa! Other day, and they, excuse and, me. Yeah, that's why I was at that school. Yeah, just dropping that, just throwing that <laughs> out. Um, but uh, but like um, we very we sort cool. of we had we had some some drinks the other day. But like they reminded me of the thing that I'd sort of forgotten about, which was um, like the first. One of the first bands I was in, we were kind of like a sort of no effects type pop punk band, but like um, we had school assemblies every morning from like 8.50 to 9, or 8.40 to 9 every morning and everyone had to get in and they would have people play or, you know, do a presentation or do an acting scene or whatever it might be. And and we did it, and I can't remember whether we got asked or we decided we wanted to do it or what, but basically I'd forgotten quite how fucked up it was and it made me feel kind of good about my 16-year-old <laughs> self because basically we did a grindcore set yes. for like 500... Um, like up their own ass kind of snooty fucking posh kids essentially at eight forty in the morning and like our guitarist wore a dress and I wore and this is like this, you know, super fucking homophobic institution and just horrible dicks basically. And I I was like wearing a pair of shorts and I had all this shit written on my chest and mark pen and we just did like ten minutes of like kind of stuff. At eight in the morning, and just like and I was like climbing over people in the front row and like sort of like getting in fights with people and stuff and and I, I, I mean, I do remember, but I kind of, I'd forgotten quite how fucked up it was because these guys I was with, like, yeah, like everyone thought you were out of your fucking <laughs> mind after that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we did do that, didn't we? So that that's was a cool what badge I did. of honor. Yeah, that's what I did. I don't think that that's really a kind of what you were asking about, though. <laughs> no, not at all. But it does. It leads perfectly into something else. I was wondering. I, you know, legitimately, legitimately wondering this about you in general, and that story kind of illuminates it. Is like. How much of like, because you have a really strong sensibility about what you think about the world and what you think about the way people in the world should interact. You have you have an, an idea, an idea that I typically usually agree with. And I'm wondering like how much of that sensibility came with like where you're from and how you were raised and how much of that sensibility came with like what you got into and going on tour oh, and like seeing things with your own eyes. Like. Yeah, very much so. Well, I mean, I'm a product of my sort of upbringing background, whatever you want to say. But like, I, you know, because I, I went to kind of <clears throat> comparatively normal schools and then I got this scholarship to uh, boarding school, very sort of posh upper class boarding school. And, you know, I'm not from a working class family by any stretch of the imagination, but there's, there's kind of degrees of, of wealth, you know. And like, and it was a weird situation and I kind of hated it because it was just a really sort of prejudiced exclusionary kind of place and that fucked me off um and then i remember like there's a piece of slang at uh, that's it's eaton college there was a piece of slang at that school which it took me about the first half of the first year i was there to figure out what they were talking about they talked about plebs meaning pe- basically people who aren't privately educated oh like plebeians or whatever and and, I, and it was like i realized they were talking about like essentially my friends from back home because i just been to normal school. It's so and weird. It's like muggles. Yeah, and I was just like, "Are you uh, fucking serious? That's disgusting." Yeah, like, and and 
<clears throat> the thing that then happened for me was I then, at that exact moment when I was feeling really kind of alienated and angry, and, and I'm sure this is true of everybody who's into it as a scene, uh, then you hear, like, the Sex Pistols and the Clash, and then No Effects and Black Flag and stuff like that, and an awful lot of kind of, it's, it's a fucking, it's a lifeline, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a piece of wood in a, in a sea, you know, you hold on to it, it was mm-hmm. just like, fuck man. Particularly the fact that Joe Strummer was privately educated as well, and became Joe Strummer, and, and, and it was like, cool, you can do this without automatically turning into a complete cunt right so um you know that that was definitely and and i I don't know it's like i like to think that that has given me quite a kind of strong nose for sort of like social prejudice uh and hopefully all types of prejudice you know um and it and it and i you know it's given me a strong feeling that everybody should be considered an individual on their own merits you know and not not kind of I, i don't give a fuck where anyone went to school or what their parents did for a living um, and it's funny because the UK is a class-obsessed society, which is something I find very boring and, and depressing, although I understand political and historical reasons why. But, like, it, it's, it's annoying because there's, like, there's a lot of chat about how that's a bad thing, but a lot of it tends to go in one direction. Mm. Uh, but not the band. But, <laughs> so, um, you know, as in, like, so a lot, of, a lot of people will say it's really sort of gross that, like, you know, sort of upper-class people kind of judge people by where their parents went to school and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, but you could you should also not do that to them kind of thing do you right. know what i mean and it's like sure. because i spent my entire fucking life defending myself because of where my parents chose to send me to school on a fucking scholarship when i was 12 yeah yeah you I know? can imagine and, 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 and <laughs> you every single fuck i just put out a new record every single fucking review in the uk spent up to half the review talking about where i went to school so weird. that's not what yeah. adults do in a modern fucking society is it do you do you feel like cuz i mean i saw you like right <laughs> at the beginning when you were like <clears throat> when you were getting your thing going in England and stuff. And if there's one thing that nobody can take away from you is, like, the work ethic that you had and have and the way that you would... I mean, I saw you. I was watching you, like, with just an acoustic guitar cruising on trains around Europe and going to places like Israel on your own with pretending you're a tourist and things like that. Like, I remember (laughs) some really awesome punk rock stuff you were doing and you took that DIY ethic for sure and, like, built your career out of it. Do you think you were fueled, like, more so to do it that way because of, like, where you came from? Like, yeah, to almost a degree. something to prove? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely, I think so. Like, and particularly, like, I think that, um, uh, you know, there's not really any way of saying this without it sounding quite adolescent, but it is quite an adolescent statement, so fuck it. But it's like, you know, everybody, my parents were not keen on me doing what I do. My school kind of didn't encourage it, and my sort of peers laughed at the idea of me wanting to be a musician, particularly a musician in a punk band, you know? Because, and, I was like, and I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, Henry Rollins. Except without the weightlifting, because seriously, um, and, <laughs> you are like, looking strong those days. <clears throat> thank you. Yes, there's another question I'm I can about your abs. Four, um, <laughs> uh, but like, I just, <laughs> but like you know, and and it, and there was definitely a sense of kind of proving that. The other thing as well is that like I'm I I have that a slightly weird thing that the music industry like. F. Scott Fitzgerald's comment on um, American Lives doesn't have many second acts, and I was mm-hmm. in a band that was medium successful in the UK in an underground kind of way. For anyone and, who doesn't know, that's million, million dead, dead. and yeah. and we never really did anything outside the UK. But you know, we were playing to like five hundred people a night yeah. in the UK, and we put out two records, and then we broke up, and and it, we I don't think we were much mourned at the time, and that should and particular. I remember my you know my mum was very much like cool. That's the band bit out of the way, right? And it's like and and the early years of kind of playing solo was definitely a case of I was kind of adamant that it was like nah, fuck it, man. I've still got something to say, still want to do this, and I'm not done doing this kind of like well and it, you know uh, without getting overly jarred about it 
punk rock's kind of a, a lifestyle commitment kind of thing sure. for me as well, you know? And and if it means anything, if punk means anything to me, it means the idea that you can you can be your own creation. The idea that you're not, you're not predestined to be the person that society or your parents or your schooling or whatever chose yeah. for you to be. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's why I think Laura Jane Grace is punk as fuck, you know, is because what she's done is very, it, it fits that description exactly. For sure. And obviously in a considerably more, a considerably less dramatic or brave way. But I mean, you know, for me, I was not supposed to be this person, but I chose to be this person. And, and in fact, oh, sorry, I'm going to rant now. But mm-hmm. it, I mean, that's that's. I actually had a bit of a moment of clarity the other day of realizing, of understanding. Henry Rollins is a big person for me. Like I'm, I'm, I've I've read a lot of his work, and he's been very inspirational to me. And I felt like I understood the weightlifting thing the other day actually, because it's also it's a form of self creation, giving yourself the body one. It's what tattoos are about as well. I want to look this way. I'm going to make myself look this way. And mm-hmm. I give a fuck what was kind of gifted to me. I'm going to make it my own way. And it's not to say that's easy or facile or anything, but it's it's a, it's it's kind of volition. It's it's agency in your own choice in life and that's what punk is to me yeah and i think feel like you've also put yourself in kind of situations that could be uncomfortable like i remember the first time i saw you you opened for some 41 in the offspring yeah and it was you <laughs> with an acoustic <laughs> guitar and that was like, an interesting tour <laughs> yeah but i feel like that I, would, I mean that would be terrifying i would imagine that was a funny tour because i came off the end of it thinking that it had been a complete fucking waste of time and i've met so many people who have and now another one who said that that was the first time they saw me and, and kind of if nothing else kind of went man you got some fucking balls like doing that stuff <laughs> you know um it was that was a, yeah it was funny like it was doing in the sheds as well i mean most of it i mean did you which show did you roseland s- yeah roseland yeah that was one of the only indoor shows it was like you know kind of like meadowlands arena and all this kind of shit and i'd be on at like 6 p.m to a field of like ten thousand drunk offspring fans who yeah, are waiting for some 41 nobody knew who i was and i'm english and i got an acoustic guitar and like a like a lumberjack shirt and i'm like hello <laughs> and they were just like who the fuck is this guy um <laughs> you and- just sounded so much like wallace <coughs> yeah. wallace and gromit <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> um, and yeah, and that was, that was, I mean, but it was like, I mean, I was, you know, fuck it. Why not put yourself out there? Probably good for your self-esteem. Well, I was, it always made me think of, um, you know, Calvin and Hobbes. Which you know, one? The, you know, you know, the, there was always the thing, his dad was always described various things as being character building. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything builds character. Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah. me building my character. <laughs> I remember having, I had a moment a few months ago where a series of terrible shit was happening. And I remember like screaming up into the air going, I'm sick of building fucking character. <laughs> I just want to chill. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, like, yeah, that's, that's totally independent of anything that uh, <laughs> ties in here. Sorry. Cool. <laughs> should, we hit the, should we hit the sheet? Let's hit the sheet. What else we got? What are, oh, <laughs> I was going to talk about something funny. Do you remember when we unsuccessfully tried to start a rumor that we were lovers. I do. It yeah. didn't work at all. <laughs> nobody bit. <laughs> nobody bit at How all. How did you start either, it? Either nobody cared or just nobody believed well, it. Well, it got to the cared. point you signed up for a username on the discussion forum yeah. on my site and we're posting all the stuff about like, you kind of went on and went, hey guys, big fan. It was when we were on tour, we were in Canada uh, and you were just kind of like, I don't know if anyone saw, I was like watching, it was because the loved ones were on the tour as well yeah. and Murder by Death and you were like, you know, I was watching Murder by Death last night and like, I think I saw Frank and, and Benny making oh, out yeah, on the side yeah, of the yeah, stage yeah. and like, and, and 
and everyone was just kind of like, and the thing is, I mean, in a way that I actually think is kind of cool. Uh, yeah. all, the, all the kind of like fans of the forum were just kind of like, well, that's oh, their yeah, business. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, it's just, just kind of like, that's yeah. not really anyone else's business and, and whatever they want to do. <laughs> I and think it was I like, think, God damn it. <laughs> I think as children of the 80s, we were expecting a far different response. Whoa. And everyone was just like, oh, yeah, that's chill. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but I specifically remember people being kind of like, that's no one else's business but that. Right. <laughs> Which is such a great response to it, actually, in real life. I think life. we even said, but, we're like, you have the nicest fans. I've yeah, it's it just like, why is no one getting worked up about this? Yeah, oh like, this is such juicy news. Well, I remember, you know like, what? tweeting shit. If we shit. said Fallon, it would have been a big hit. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's I remember tweeting been. stuff kind of like, you know, I remember tweeting something along the lines, you know, I've really kind of made some real, a real voyage of personal discovery with Benny on this tour <laughs> and all this kind of shit. And just no one cared at all. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, actually speaking of that, um, I remember, um, you know that fucking time hop app that people have these days do you mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about yeah it like shows you your tweets and it tells like you what you were doing a year or two years ago that oh, kind of thing and, and it's you cool. know what it's a little bit like heron in the sense that it seems like a good idea for the first kind of month that you have it and then it's just a nightmare but um uh, I was looking at just the other day it was September 2009 so six years ago was when we did that stretch across Canada oh wow together you know we did um, I remember we did because we we did we met up in, in Denver and then we went to LA and went all the way up to Vancouver and then went across to Winnipeg and then down to Detroit, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh -oh. I can't believe I brought that up. Um, uh, but then I remember we were in, uh, we had a day off in Regina. Old Regina. Regina. Wow. Regina. Like, a lot to do. Yeah. Um, rhymes with Queen. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and we were there and, uh, and it's basically, have you ever been to Regina, Canada? No. It's a truck stop that exists because you, it's 10 hours drive from one place and 10 hours drive from the other, and you've just kind of got to stop somewhere. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't want to be rude to people of Regina. Maybe it's a wonderful cultural hub. No, but I've I mean, the, the Midwest, <clears throat> everyone forgets that about Canada. If you think there's nothing in between, like, Chicago and Denver in the States, there yeah. is nothing for about a yeah. thousand miles. It's, it, is, it, is a, it is remarkable. Yeah. But yeah, so we were there, and we had a day off there, and there's, like, sort of a big kind of, you know, sort of, like traditionally you know, sort of like cliched like native owned casino or whatever and we were there and it was me and you and Chris Moran mm -hmm. um, were there from, from Punk News and we went out gambling and I remember we had we had I, I'd never really played blackjack before and yeah. we had a bottle of Jameson oh. and he had and he had a packet of Adderall which we don't have in England at all and and like he was like hey, take, take, take one of these and I was like what it's going to make me concentrate or some shit <laughs> I don't know and so we went out and played blackjack and I won like quite yeah. a lot of money because uh -huh. I won I was concentrating. Yeah. I was sitting there looking at the cars going, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. hit me, hit me. And, uh, and I Maybe won. that's all Rain Man was doing, was Adderall. <laughs> he was ODing on Adderall. <laughs> but yeah, and that was, a, that was a wonderful evening. It was fun. Yeah. So yeah. what happened in Detroit? I don't know. What happened in Detroit? <sighs> was this you or me? That was me. Fucking hell. You're sighing it yourself. It was terrible. And it was all... Um, uh, oh, fucking hell. What's his name? Um... Donny Cutsper's fault. You know Donny Cutsper from Buffalo? Oh, I He's, remember. Donny Cutsper yeah. is a promoter who books uh -huh. shows in Buffalo. Yeah, He's yeah, a friend yeah. of mine, lovely, lovely guy. And we were on tour and Heather Law was doing merch for you and Heather's a friend of Donny's and I was jumping off the day before the Buffalo show which was, Detroit was my last show of the tour. Right. And Donny was all like, he'd been texting me like, what motherfucker, I can't believe you're not coming and doing, you're jumping off the day before you come see me. And I had this really big UK tour coming up and I was like, I can't man, I've got to go. So it was my last show of the tour. And I'm first on, it was me, and then Loved Ones, and then Murder by Death, and Gas Anthem. And um, I played, and I was selling my own merch on the tour, and so I was stood with Heather every night. And basically, 
Donnie was texting Heather, who was basically feeding me a big shot of Jameson like once every five <laughs> minutes for about an hour. Yeah. Until I was absolutely, by time murder by death, I was, I don't remember this, I was blackout fucked up. And it essentially reached a point whereby I had this vague flash memory of I had a new pair of shoes and I threw up on them outside and was kind of crying on the steps of the venue and Holly was kind of laughing and just yeah. patting me on the back just going, you're a complete fucking <laughs> asshole. And the worst, the reason I'm bringing... I this was our, so, our tour manager at the time. This, this is yeah. why, the reason I feel so bad about this is you guys had made me a cake oh, and I don't yeah. think I even actually fucking saw it because I yeah. basically reached the point where I was like, I've got to go. I totally I, remember this now. You, we... We tried to like make a big deal out of Frank's last night. We were like, oh, gonna get him a cake. Oh, I, I think so we good. even bought some extra booze. Uh, yeah. Like end of the show, and then you know, I'd, I'd already got because we're playing last on this tour. I can't get, I you know, I can't get totally fucked until after we play. Right. And I remember us trying to set this up, and we're like, "Where's Frank?" They're like, "Oh, he's fucking gone really. Let's just eat the cake." Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just ate your cake. Yeah, and you sent somebody texted me a photo of it, and it said Frank go home on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I have this. You know when you're really really shit faced and. Uh, you have like flashes of memory. I have this flash of memory of sticking my kind of vomit soaked face out the window of a cab on the freeway, trying to get like cold air on my <laughs> face to like wake up because uh, I had a hotel at the airport because I was flying out early the next morning or whatever. And I just, I, f I still feel so fucking bad about you that. You do? Yeah, dude. I f you guys were so good to me taking me on that tour and letting me ride on your bus and just being really good to me. And I, it's and just I some just, cake. I know, but I mean, it's, come on, man. I've, it is the point. I mean, let, was, let's just it, say before that night you were at like a ten, and then you went to like an eight point eight. It was for like it a was, while. It was you let's know it was, it was it was as things when I would call it poor form. <laughs> poor form. It was poor form on my part. It happens. <laughs> what do you so, think of Vanessa's British? Oh, accent? it got really good when I was in London for a week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think we should go to the pub, yeah. That's from that's Cockney. It's not the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> but it's I mean This is I'm a fancy Brit. I'm not I'm from the I'm from the farmlands. <laughs> you sound like a speech impediment. <laughs> Um, my, my it's good that you, that you you distinguish between different types of British accent though. I'm from the east or I'm from the safe. That's actually gonna be <laughs> Fred, Fred Armisen does this bit where he'll like go up on stage and he'll be like, I can do every accent and, and people just shout accents at him and he'll just like make up like I think he's just making that like some of them are like they're accurate to like an extent, but like he's being so specific in a way that like no one would ever know. Like like you would know Brit but like I don't know. Wait, can we can we give you three accents to do? Like yeah. we each choose one. Yeah, yeah. All right, who's first? Um, Here, you go first. You know where best. Czechoslovakian. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm going to the beach in in with that accent. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to the beach, JT. <laughs> it's very similar to weird British. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, is it more? It's more like Russian, like Haiti. Oh, oh. <laughs> like Russian people are like going to the beach or something. <laughs> I, I just wow. Just as a, just I, I wow. Guys, right. this is why I do this for a living. Right, go that's ahead. a good one. All right, I'm gonna go. <laughs> give me a a South Korean on vacation in Australia. 
But they're not. Their accent probably won't be affected by their vacation. They're doing U.S. though, I but mean, they'll talk about. English. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Or is this a setting? You it's going to be so hard for this not to come up. <laughs> yeah. Sounding offensive. It's an impression. I, mean. I uh, can we have shrimp on the bar? Wait, can we have? <laughs> <laughs> can, uh, oh yeah, goodness. can we have shrimp uh, from the Barbie? That was pretty. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Just to illustrate, I'm straight up doing a deaf comedy jam laugh yes. in here. My knees are just moving a lot. <laughs> is it my guy now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to preface this with with something I want you to work into it, which okay. is that Ooh. you know, you know. Okay. There's a, there's a word O A X A C A like Mexican Oaxaca, right? Oaxaca. Yeah, yeah Oaxaca, mm-hmm. which I only recently discovered was pronounced Oaxaca. I thought it was like Oaxaca or something. Yeah, this Oaxaca. An, yeah, Oaxaca, right? But it's spelled. Yeah, okay, right. So I want someone from North Dakota asking directions <laughs> in Mexico for a place that they can't actually probably... But you, they're not going to be affected by being in Mexico, no, just no, but to clarify, are, but, they're, but they're yeah, speaking but, English. But, yeah, but they're trying to pronounce yeah. the okay. word Oaxaca in it, the way that mean? I thought. It's a place, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they're trying to get directions and, to Oaxaca, but they've misread but the But what's the crazy way you spell it? It's like... O-A-X-A-C-A. Do you want me to write that down? No, I got it. I got a marker. So North Dakota, I feel like, is pretty like, hi, guys. Do you know how to get to Elkskill? Okay, well, we're heading there today. We want to go to Elkskill. Oh, wait. Uh, I don't think you've ever been to North Dakota. (laughs) Is North Dakota like like where we're from, right? Okay. Wait. Sorry, guys. Oh, Fargo's. Are real good then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah We're going to go to Mexico, Connie. That sounds like Czechoslovakia <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> um, talking of Fargo, um, uh, a, a, a story for you that has a, from the time that we were on tour together, although you weren't there. Because Uh-oh. we had. Um... Oh, hello. hello? We're, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, we'll get. We'll, we're wrapping up here. Right. Okay. That was exciting. Um, <laughs> Should we? Do, are we supposed to tell listeners what just happened? No, I'll edit this all out. Oh, yeah. you edit this. This might be the best bet. That leave that in. Okay. All right. Okay. Go Someone ahead, just came in. So Fargo. So on tour with Gaslight and Motor by Death and all that, and uh, we, there was an off day, and Motor by Death had a headline show in Fargo, North Dakota, and I got the sports lot on it as is sort of traditional with these things. So we drove down. I got in the van. We drove down um, and played a show in Fargo, and. Uh, I didn't, I seem to remember not having the best show. It was it was kind of full, but I did, the audience weren't really kind of tuned into what I was doing. But I mean, it was wasn't terrible, but it was okay. And then afterwards, there was there was a I was a single guy on tour. There was a cute girl at the bar and um, the, r- running the bar, the barmaid, I should say. And I was kind of try, trying to chat her up a little. Now I've I've learned from bitter experience that it's a fucking fool's errand trying to chat at bar stuff for two reasons. First of all, that part of their job description is knocking back people trying to hit on them, and secondly, they're not going anywhere until the bar is closed. Mm. Um, uh, so it, I got shit face drunk um i feel the need to add that i've quit drinking recently rather than telling you know, all these stories i didn't know if I, my I didn't know on the off <laughs> chance that you had stopped quitting that i shouldn't ask on microphone no no I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned yeah yeah i mean maybe not forever but for the timing anyway yeah. um i i uh yeah so essentially i had this i had this kind of horror film kind of morning because um i kind of woke up and but didn't open my eyes and was like where the fuck am i and everything kind of smelt of hemp 
Um, and I opened one eye the rich and saw, saw over a tie-dyed duvet cover, I saw a fish with a PH, a fish poster on a wall. Oh, I was God, like, that- no. <laughs> The bad thing. And then I opened another eye and saw like an early Pink Floyd poster. Uh, and it was like, the other bad thing. You know what they say, Frank? Um, Never follow a hippie to a second location. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know they say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it turns out this girl, who was lovely, but she was a full bore, like, fish fanatic kind of hippie okay. girl. And, um, yeah, and I... I had this totally panic moment of like waking up and going, I don't know where I am, I don't know where the tour is, and I hate fish. Um, and, <laughs> and I reek I, of hemp. And I have to get out of here immediately, and you probably don't even have a shower. Um, <laughs> and, like, and eventually, eventually got back and relocated with the guys from uh, Motivator. Oh, man. Wow. Do you get any incense out of it? Any no, I was offered a joint for breakfast, and I really don't smoke weed. So okay, I said no. okay. Uh, that's the best breakfast there is. I have a question. Can is it okay to go off the list for a sec? Oh yeah, dude, the list is just a guy. Okay, okay. I um, I your song "Long Live the Queen" I think is so great. I think it's my okay. favorite song of yours. Me too, actually. Do, I, and do, are any of your tattoos related to that song? Uh, they're not actually. No, um, that was a song about my friend Lex. I I remember you said that at one of the shows that we saw you at, and I just think it's such a great. I just love it. I think it's such an amazing song. Thank you. Yeah, she was. She was. Um, the life and soul of the party, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, actually, funny enough, she ran. She she um, when I first met her, she was a, a breast cancer survivor, and uh, she started up this thing called Lex Palooza. She called it after herself, which I think was awesome. <laughs> which was basically yeah. like this one day all day fundraiser thing, and got bands to play. And I used to play. This is like two thousand five or something. And she did a couple of them, and then she passed on. And um, uh, my friend Evan. Uh, kind of took it over, and Lex Palooza still happens not quite every year anymore because I haven't had a kid, and his sort of schedule right, right, right. kind of jammed out. But like we, I think we're doing it uh, next year. We're doing like, uh, in fact, I think next is going to be the tenth anniversary. Oh, great! Uh, uh, of the first one, something like that, and and so yeah, we're doing it again, and it's cool. We still do it kind of in her memory, and it's great. Yeah, because like because she was just uh, you know she liked to party, should we say? Yeah, and like and it's just kind of the rule that everybody has to be shit faced from like midday. Um, yeah. And it's everyone has a good time, but it's yeah. just like out of your fucking mind all day. It's yeah, I just think I can't admit I can't think of a like better way to honor someone than like a song like that and that festival. I think that's so great. well. One one of the things I, I like about it is that she was she was a big fan of Million Dead, the band I was in, and and that's she I knew her in that period of my life, and um, she um, she wasn't really that keen on the whole acoustic direction that I had, <laughs> and um, and what I love is the fact that uh, and what I think she would find awesome is the fact that that you know I mean. As well as being a song that is very important to me, that song's been quite big for me in my career or yeah. whatever. You know, it's sort of my first song that played in the radio in the UK, and um, mm-hmm. and I think she would find that hilarious. Yeah, I think she, I think she would laugh her ass off, That's and awesome. it's also part of the reason why generally these days we play quite a kind of rock up rocked up version of it live these days is because I think she'd probably like that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. She was like she was like a Slayer fan. Whoa. Awesome. So yeah. she wanted to smash your acoustic when you started. No, that. I think she was just kind of waiting for me to stop fucking around and get back in a hardcore band again. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and it's it's one that's great, and it's one of your songs. A lot of your songs mention dancing. Pretty into dancing, huh? I'm terrible at dancing. That's what. Well, you know, it's, it's the only time I ever do anything remotely close to dancing is when I'm on stage. I don't. I do my little. Hop. You did appear on a dance track. There was a lot of dancing last night. I thought. Oh, go- if, oh, wait, sorry. I don't know if go you ahead, remember please. this as well. <laughs> please don't let me in. I had dinner with Gunnar the other day. Oh, so you do remember. So I, we remember it well. We Another funny tour story was when 
we were in a backstage in Europe somewhere, probably Germany, and uh, <clears throat> Alex had created some funky beats for a dance song, and Frank gave us the uh, Vincent Price intro <laughs> track, which was, do you remember? I'm going to let you tell this because my details on this are hazy. No, I, I don't remember it I remember exactly. Gunnar having a line in it. Which Gunnar was, did like the Hello London. Yeah. Hello no, was it, Yeah, it was just him just shouting out the yeah. names of cities in a German accent. And, and Berlin, can you hear me? Yeah. The, the best bit was there was a kind of there was a drop. It kind of went down, and then and then it built up, and all it was was kind of going outside the club, outside the club, <laughs> outside the club, outside the club, and then it stopped. And then he goes inside the club, <laughs> and then the beat kicks back in again. And it was actually the the thing that was so great about it was that, like you could actually imagine this being like a kind of Euro yeah. disco smash. <laughs> it was a collaboration of of Frank Jimmy from Polar Bear Club. Gunnar, our German van driver, and and Alex from Gaslight doing the the beats and production, and it was called wow. "We Love Dancing." Uh, it went, "We, we love dancing." It was like he's like, "You love dancing, and you never stop dancing." It was like, "I love, love dancing, you love dancing, we love dancing, and we'll never stop dancing." That's it. Real message track. That's so. I'm. It's already going through my head, you know? And it turned into four simple words. This song's just Whoa! <laughs> 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 it totally did it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Rumble. Oh, great. You yeah. know what I just feared that we just did? Every time I do anything melodic in an interview, I think of the part in Spinal Tap where they're like tuning out their old song and they look like such douchebags. Oh, and then every music grave? guy in an interview is like, yeah, yeah, you remember this one? It was like a G chord and we went this and then well, I feel the, like we might have just done that. Yeah, there's a bit I'm when they're afraid. at Elvis's grave and they're trying to harmonize. Yeah. They're like, no, don't go there, that's Raga. <laughs> <laughs> what should we do about that? Can we edit that out? The Never. fact that we just... No, can, you, can, can you auto-tune it? Yes, I, yeah. I'll auto tune it. Yeah. Can you auto tune this entire podcast? Yeah, because I, I usually I, like to go a little lower than yeah. that. Benny likes a vocoder effect. Too. Yeah, I like the Sweet. Isaac Hayes thing when I'm here. That's why I'm sitting like this. <laughs> you often remind me of Isaac Hayes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That should be perfect. I think that was an incredible interview. Can I ask one more thing? Sure. Um, on that Counting Crows album, do you have a favorite song? Yeah. What is it? And it begins. I think. Huh? My friend assures me. Oh, yeah. It's a song about sleeping with somebody who you're friends with and then realizing you shouldn't have done it. Mm. And it is is one of of the most profoundly moving songs I know. And it's like her kindness falls like rain, rain, but she disappears. It's like, you know, she's talking in her sleep and every word is nonsense, but I understand it all. And it's just like, it's about sort of trying to kind of persuade somebody that maybe you should give it a go or maybe you should just brush them the cup or what do you do, you know, when you've made that leap and you've broken that, you know, it, it, it isn't love, she says, but if we're not going to talk about it, it's, it isn't love. Oh, gr- I know <laughs> that. Yeah, I didn't know that was about that. Do you yeah. know what Mr. Jones is about? Uh, trying to be famous. Also, do you know... When people say Mr. Jones is no Haram, they say it's his. Dick. It's his peen. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Mm. That's a good name for your <laughs> penis. I'll tell you what. Me I, I had it. You know what? Okay, I'm. Just... You don't think that? I thought that was like a thing, like that people knew. Maybe I'm wrong. Like the puff, the magic dragon thing. I'm not trying to burn Counting Crows. I want you to know. Okay, I had a very moving moment for me earlier like, this summer. Okay, I don't believe you're they, a little, they, yeah. they, 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 um, they asked me to introduce them at a festival oh, in, cool. in Holland, which was great. 
it was and it was really cool. And what I loved about it, I like I introduced them and then just kind of got into the crowd um, rather than going to Santa Snow stage because fuck that. And uh, they played Mr. Jones, which is they don't do that often. So yeah. Um, and yeah. you know sometimes when you have a song that you know like the back of your hand, you know it inside yeah. out, and then suddenly you just hear it again, and somehow you just hear it like you're hearing it for the first time. Again. Yeah. And there was a really moment, a moving moment for me, and I teared up, and it's going to sound ridiculous after what you've just said. <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, is just, just the bit where he says, you know, um, yeah, we stare at the beautiful woman, she's looking for you, there's got to be someone for me. Yeah. No, she's perfect for you, there's got to be someone for me, I just want to be Bob Dylan. And now was, meet Mr. Jones. <clears throat> no, but what's, but what's, what's so, what I love yeah. about that song particularly is like, I think it's a really bold lyric, I want to be Bob Dylan, because it's the kind of thing that you're not supposed to say out yeah. loud. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, fuck it, you know what, everyone wants to fucking be Bob Dylan yeah. at some level. I just yeah. want to be Bob Dylan. And it's like, and it's such a moving song about like just admitting it's just kind of, and, and there's, and it's so fucking sharp. Just that line where he's, he's like, you know, when everybody loves me, I'm never going to be lonely. And there's yeah. so much dripping fucking like, like, ah, oh, irony and just sadness on that lyric, you know? Yeah, yeah. Deep. Yeah, oh, deep. Because I because he know because he knew it was bullshit when he wrote it, and then he got super famous with yeah, that song. Yeah, I mean, could life be more fucking like bitter? It's I, was, just, I like, was dying to make a Mr. Jones penis reference. And I know now I, I don't can't want now to. either. Yeah. I feel I don't like to. I don't. I feel it so bad cheap. that I even said maybe that. Maybe you should like, grow up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe I can. Yeah, I mean, could you guys? Fuck. Maybe we can just Isaac. Yeah, try to kind of. Be a little more adult here. Sorry, yeah. but I'm I'm, now I'm going to go listen to it. I guess I have to go to work, yeah. but. But just, I, I mean, this yeah, one amazing. of my favorite bits in all recorded music when he says, when I look at the, just the way he goes up vocally as well, when I look at the television, I just want to see me staring right back at me. We all, we all want to be big stars. We don't know why and we don't know how. When everybody loves me, I'm going to be as happy as I can be. Ugh. Shit's real. Like, and it's, Shit's we, real. All, I mean, without sort of being too up our asses here, we're all people who kind of work in the media and the public eye and shit. And I think you can all relate to that. You know, that moment when you're just a kid and you're fucking hungry. And then, and it's not always what you wanted when you get it. You know? As a whole uh, other podcast, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, if I can, sorry, I'm ranting now, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the reason In Utero is Nirvana's best album, this is going somewhere, is because I feel like it's the first time he actually tried to write lyrics that have meaning. And one of the cleverest things I think that Kurt Cobain ever did was the lyrics to um, Scentless Apprentice, which in and of themselves are slightly nonsensical, but what they are is a series of lines from the book Perfume by Patrick Suskind, which is a book about a guy who works, who's an outcast who spends his whole life trying to create the perfect perfume that will make everybody love him. And when he achieves that moment, the pinnacle of the book, sorry, spoiler alert, <laughs> is that he realizes that he hates people and he doesn't want anything to fucking do with them. And he writes that song and puts on the thing and calls it Scentless Apprentice, which is a line from the book. Oh, wow. And it's just kind of like you have to do a little bit of digging to get his point. But it's just a perfect piece. It's such a fucking excellent piece of lyricism. Yeah. 